And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I'm at him at the launch, you man. Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Guys! 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 Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Frank Graham stars as Jeff Regan, investigator from 1950. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular Beyonce songs. And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Sally from Detroit. And I will try to name that tune. Right, Lisa? Right. We've got Sally on the phone right now. Hi, Sally. Hello. Hello. Are you a first-time uh, Hollywood 360 caller? First-time caller, but I've been listening to the show for years. Oh, wow. good. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you on the air with us, and I hope that you're a Beyonce fan. Oh, I know my Beyonce. Oh, right. Whoa, I'm Carl, what do you think? Do you know I your know Beyonce? I know nothing about Beyonce. Well, I, I did choose songs that are very well known, so I feel like you'll have recognized all of these songs. Right. Okay. So I'm going to play a clip from various songs, and as soon as you know the title, just shout it out. Shout. Okay, Sally? Okay. All right. Here's the first song. Single ladies. Yes. Single ladies. Carl got it. What? <laughs> it's, the only one I, it's the only one I know This is single ladies or put a ring on it Either of those are good From her album I Am Sasha Fierce uh, Do you know anything Carl, it's the only one I knew too I know. <laughs> You don't know Fierce. the other one? No, I don't know any other song So I looked that up, Sasha Fierce And yeah. Beyonce explained that she would be going by Sasha Fierce So that she could separate her confident on-stage persona from her more timid personality. So she Uh went by Sasha Fierce for a while. Okay. Now we all know that. Yep. All right. All right. All right, you're going to have to be on your A-game, Sally. You ready? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Remember those walls I built? Well, baby, they're tumbling down. Hello. Halo. Did I get it? You did. Ah, he got it before you, Sally. I'm so sorry. He said hello, but that's you know Halo. What? That Privagen, that Privagen, man. What? It works. Let me tell you. Do you like the song? Yeah. What do you think, Sally? Are you a fan of the song? Yeah, I love this song. So this was intended to give a behind-the-scenes glimpse of her life, you know, without the makeup and the celebrity trappings, if you listen to the lyrics. It's a really cool song. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Am I up by two? Yeah, how is it that you know this? I don't have any clue whatsoever. Do you even listen to the radio? You know, there's crevices. I have crevices. Are we talking no, about your brain? My brain. Okay. It has crevices. And the Prevagen 
just some mixes with those crevices, and mm-hmm. out pops the right uh, answer sometimes. Mm-hmm. What can I tell you? All right. Know. Well, um, my money's on you for the next one, Sally. Here's the next song. Even just for a day. If I were a boy. Yeah. That's exactly right. And you do know this song, Carl. Listen. Here's for Sally. A little louder, Mike. Drink beer with the guys. Yeah. So this was originally this was originally written by BC Jean and Toby Gad, and they performed it in 2008. But it gained attention when Beyonce um, did a I don't know third if album. Ever, I don't think I've ever heard this. Song. If I were a boy, no. What? Well, if you were a boy, your name would be uh, something other than Lisa. Uh, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know what they would Your have named me? Your name wouldn't be Lisa. How do you know? It would be Larry, maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not a good name. Hey, Larry. No, that's just not a good name. No. All right, so Sally has one. Carl has two. All right, you're getting there, Sally. Mm-hmm. Here's the next Beyonce song. Sweeter and sweeter love grows And heaven's there for Give you guys a hint. This is the song that she performed with Luther Vandross. I don't know. You got it. The closer I get to you. Wow. That's exactly right. 1977. Wow. Sally. Have you heard of this song? No. No. You've never heard this song? No. No. Nope. That's Lucy. Well, I figured it wasn't her. Well, I don't know what you figure and what you don't figure. I figure it wasn't Beyonce. Why? Because <laughs> a little bit deeper voice. Just, you know, just a, a guess. A wild guess. All right. Now listen tied carefully. Up. Tied up. Listen carefully to this song mm-hmm. because this was written and recorded by a particular artist. I won't tell you who yet. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, yeah. it was re-released as a duet with this original man and Beyonce. Okay. And I've got the duet here. All right. Okay. Baby, Perfect. That's right. Whoa. Perfect. Because are you an Ed Sheeran fan, Sally? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Written and recorded by Ed Sheeran in 2017. I started out great. Right? And then Sheeran re-released the song as a duet with Beyonce. Wow. It's a great song. Gorgeous. What is this called? Perfect. Oh. Perfect tonight. I wish somebody would want to do a duet with me, you know? Well, you know? can you sing like, like Ed Sheeran? Well, if, like if Beyonce called me, she was like, you know what, right. Carl, let's do a duet together. I'd be like, well, how much are you going to pay me? For sure. Song? Yeah, wanna, you deserve a lot. You know, how much time is it going to take me? I'm a busy guy. And um, Did you mean how much would you have to pay her? No, how much okay. is she going to pay me? And then sure. is she going to fly me to like L.A. to do this and in a private class, jet? Well, private jet. Oh, so. okay. That'd be my three, you know, demands. Well, maybe if she's listening right now, she'll consider that. Mm-hmm. She could talk to my agent. Sure. All right, more song. I don't know that you could beat uh, Sally, but uh, let's see who gets this she's, last song. She's winning. Such a funny thing for me to try to explain. I'm feeling that my pride is the one to blame. Because I know I don't understand. Just how 
Anyone? Anyone? Crazy? I didn't hear what you said, Sally. Crazy. Crazy in love. I'll say crazy. Yeah, right. crazy in Way love. Beyonce. Sally. And it's got, uh, it features a rap verse and some ad libs from her future husband like at this. the time, Jay Z. I like this song. All right. It's a good song. It is. She's a great singer, man. I mean, listen to how great her voice sounds. I, I would do a duet with her. Would you? Yep. Well, that's nice of you. Yep. Yeah, yep. you would. lower yourself. She, <laughs> Maybe she, uh, we should do a duet, Carl. Yeah, let's do oh, it. Oh, you ready? and Sally? Come on, Sally. You ready? What do we want to sing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got really quiet. <laughs> well, Sally kicked my butt. That's she, right. Uh, I had two up on her, and then all of a sudden she got the next four. And mop the floor with Sally, me. Sally, you're fantastic. Wow, Sally. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Lisa. Uh, and thanks great. for listening to Hollywood 360 out in Detroit. Yeah, I'll send you fun, uh, fun CDs, all right? All right, thank you. You rock. Take care. Thanks uh, so much. When we come back, it's Jeff Regan, investigator. Stick around. Young hope, y'all know when the flow is local. Young B in the ROC. Uh-oh, OG, big homie. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Lots and lots of times there would be a uh, a radio series like, in this particular instance, Jeff Regan Investigator came to radio originally and it starred you ready for this jack webb Mm. the great jack webb he was jeff regan investigator but then he moved on to do dragnet and so cbs had to find another actor and they did they found a great actor to play jeff regan investigator they didn't want the show to go away just because jack webb left the show so they hired Frank Graham, and he's he's great. He has a terrific, deep voice, and he played uh, investigator Jeff Regan. And then they brought in another Frank, um, Frank Nelson, to play the his boss, Anthony J. Lyon. So you had two Franks starring in this program. Um, good series. Um, he would get 10 a day plus expenses, 10 bucks a day. That's what they made. To be a detective back I then. know how it feels. <laughs> $10. I know. Hey, that's a lot. $10. I know. Yeah? I work hard for that 10 bucks. Lisa too. says, uh, pay me $10, I make you holla. No, I don't say that. Yes, she does. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no? If you want to add a few zeros on there, right, I'd be, then, I'd be okay. happier. 
Well, uh, <laughs> you, you get your car fixed first and then you yeah, can pay that's me That's what later. I'll do. All right. <laughs> Jeff Regan, investigator, April 19th, 1950. The Smell of Magnolias. And this stars uh, Frank Graham. Here's part one of Jeff Regan, investigator. My name's Regan. I work for Anthony J. Lyon, Detective Bureau. They call me the Lion's Eye. Jeff Regan, investigator, starring Paul DeBove as Regan with Frank Nelson as Anthony J. Lyon. So stand by for mystery and suspense and adventure in tonight's story titled The Smell of Magnolias. Wellington Butterfield was a songwriter who wrote tone poems with one finger. Using both hands, he was capable of writing even more impressive ditties. The question, was Wellington Butterfield capable of murder? It began without benefit of overture in the office of my boss, Anthony J. Lyon, one beaming Monday. Anthony J. was on the phone when I walked in. The look on his face said, easy credit terms, no money down. No, no, you won't have to worry about a thing, not a thing. Just sit tight and I'll send one of my men right out. Yes. Well, thank you, Mr. Butterfield. Good day. Ah, good morning, Jeffrey. New client. Yes, indeed, Jeffrey. The Lion Detective Agency is on its toes as usual. Ah, nothing like an efficient organization, I always say. You'll send one of your men out? I heard that part of it. Well, now, Jeffrey, there might be other men working for me. If business picks up the way it has been, well, I uh, <laughs> I may have to increase the staff. Add a secretary, maybe? Jeffrey, what a delightful idea. A thoroughly delightful idea. But first, we have to pick up the extra business. You busy? Oh, oh, yes, Mr. Butterfield. I almost forgot. Uh, you'd better run right out there, Jeffrey. His office is in the uh, Johnson Building, Hollywood. Yeah, and a secretary. Lion, did Mr. Butterfield happen to mention why he wanted a private detective? He blonde or brunette. Fat, so cut it out. Hmm? Huh? Oh, oh, yes, Mr. Butterfield. <laughs> oh, yes, he did say something about a small redhead. <clears throat> Problem. Hey, let me see. Um, uh, oh, I've got it. He thinks someone is trying to murder his wife. Uh, Jeffrey, what would you say to a cute little redhead? The lion got lost in his dreams of redheads, and I drove out to Hollywood and the Johnson Building. Two stories of old stucco covered with more coats of paint than there were tenants. The Johnson Building used to be a movie studio, then studio dressing rooms. Now, tiny cement offices with skylights and battered doors. Every office on the second floor faced onto a passageway without a roof. Penthouses for 25 bucks a month. I went up, dodged the rooftop ventilators, the broken glass from windows that hadn't been repaired since Metro met Goldwyn. Hanging above each office was a shingle. One said, notary public and music copyist. Another one said, artwork, reasonable. Another one said, quiet, keep out. The last one down the passageway said, Wellington Butterfield. I stood in front of the door and listened. In the Johnson building, you don't knock. You just walk in. Oh, hi. Are you, uh, you hurt? 
charity? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Oh, that's not really my kind of music, honest. But I wanted you to hear something else. You'll like it, Mr. King. Sure, only no, I'm no, not... Now, mis- now, don't say anything till you hear it. <clears throat> oh, the blue bonnets is blooming in Texas. But they won't bloom for me very long. She still waits for me, but I'll never see the blue bonnets blooming down here. Uh, did you say you weren't Mr. King of uh, King's Music Publishing? My name's Regan, Lion Detective Agency. Oh, 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 Mr. Regan. I'm, I'm glad you came. Want to tell me the story, Wellington? Oh, uh, just call me Welly, Mr. Regan. My friends call me Welly. Welly? Well, well, sir, it, it's about Sue. Now, Sue's my wife. Somebody's... Somebody's going to kill her, Mr. Regan. She tell you that? Oh, no, no, sir. You see... I was out at the Blue Club one night. Sue sings there, and I heard voices from her dressing room. He was saying mean and, and angry things, this man was. Go on. But, but when I came in, the man was gone, and my wife, uh, Sue, Sue was crying. She'd tell you what the man said? She wouldn't talk about it, Mr. Regan. She just wouldn't talk about it. That's all? Well, finally, she admitted that, that he wanted to kill her. But she wouldn't say who it was. You just got to help her, Mr. Regan. You... It's all my fault. If, if anything happens, it, it's all my fault. Why? Well, you think I like sitting here day after day writing songs nobody will buy while my wife works six nights a week in a nightclub? You think I like that, Mr. Regan? Okay, take it easy, Willie. She, she needs watching, Mr. Regan. Lots of watching, and, and you've got to do it. Okay. I'll watch her. Oh, don't let her out of your sight. Not not for a minute. You love her a lot, don't you, Willie? More than anything in this whole world, Mr. Regan. You don't have any idea who the man was? Uh, no, sir, I don't. You sure you're not leaving something out of the story? Uh, Mr. Regan, at, at a time like this? Okay. I'll run out there. Oh, Mr. Regan, there's, there's just one thing. Uh, don't tell Sue that you're a detective. She she wouldn't like that. All the fuss, you know. You you understand? Sure, I understand. And uh, and and you may meet the man that leads the orchestra, Mister Litton. Don't you say a word to him. You don't like Litton. Don't like him, Mister Reagan. I'd like to kill him. The story was smooth, but mixed up like pancake batter after a bout with a mixmaster. I left Wellington Butterfield hunched over his piano. Outside, footsteps in the passageway made me turn. Suddenly, moving down the corridor, away from Butterfield's window, was a tall man in a blue sport coat and gray flannels. He moved not like a man leaving an office, but like a man leaving a keyhole. I started after him. Come in out of the sun, Regan. You might get freckles. Standing in the open doorway on my left, a blonde, a real blonde, real all the way, either way you started looking. I went in. My name's Lillian. Your name's Regan. You work for the Lion Detective Agency, and Wellie Butterfield just hired you. Have a cigarette? Thanks. Wellie's office is right across the passageway. It's a hot afternoon. He keeps his windows open. I keep my windows open. Anything else? As a matter of fact, there is. I was about to follow a guy when you opened your door. You wouldn't have been trying to stop me from doing that, would you? Drink? 
You would. Regan, when you follow people, you find out things. When you find out things, people get hurt. I don't like to see people get hurt. Only in your case, it's too late. That it? You called Butterfield Welly. You're a friend of his? We're practically related. His wife, my husband. Come again? The man you caught spying on Wellington Butterfield was my husband. I forgot to tell you my last name, didn't I? It's Lytton. My husband's the orchestra leader at the Blue Club. Change your mind about that drink? Yes. Yes, I changed my mind. All right, Mr. Detective. Drink like a movie hero and say, why is a nice girl like you running a publicity office? Or is that the one? What about Sue Butterfield and your husband, Lil? You better they... stop there. My ears may be big, but they're also delicate. Who's out to get Butterfield's wife? Every man within reach. Have you seen her? Mm-mm. Slick little brunette. Willowy. Soft like a magnolia blossom. Twice as glowing. Only your husband doesn't think so. I work 40 hours a week, Regan. What my husband thinks hasn't bothered me in over two years. What about divorce? I'm the old-fashioned type. You know, frilly curtains, barbershop quartets, and marriage. I believe in all of them. Lytton doesn't. I tried. He doesn't. Why would Lytton want to kill Butterfield's wife? He may be a snake, Regan, but he doesn't crawl that low. You're on the wrong track. It fits that way. The voice Butterfield heard behind the door. I said you're on the wrong track. Maybe you better leave, Regan. I don't want to begin to dislike you. Where was Lytton going when I saw him a minute ago? Out of town. He left for good. His good, my good. It's a toss-up. They begin slow, they end quick, don't they, Regan? Sue Butterfield, who wants to kill her, Lil? Maybe I do, Regan. The only trouble is I'd have to stand in line. Okay, forget it. Like I said, Regan, maybe you'd better leave. I don't want to begin to dislike you. If Wellington Butterfield was lying, it didn't check with Lillian Lytton. Put both their stories together and Sue Butterfield looked like a candidate for Miss Mortuary of 1950. There were still two precincts yet to be heard from. Lil's husband and Butterfield's wife. I headed my car for the Blue Club. Is that a Hammond organ right there? It is a Hammond organ right there. There you go. There you go. This wasn't like uh, a lot of the a lot of the detective shows. They didn't use a full orchestra unless it was Sam Spade Detective. You know, one of the more expensive shows. This was uh, this was a fringe show. You know, it was a smaller budget, so you had an organist. That was it. Take it or leave it. You get I, an organist. I love the organ. It it builds the suspense. I like it. Yep. I like it too. This is called. Um, the Smell of Magnolias, starring Frank Graham. He was 35 years old when he was doing this broadcast. Jeff Regan, investigator, April 19th, 1950. We'll get back to it in a flash. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. 
Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. We've been on the air like 16 years doing this, Lisa. This is our 16th year. 16 years! And we expect to be here for 16 more. Oh, at least. At least. Um, I mean, if you pay more than $10, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you more assurance. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike Bubblebath has been with us how long? How long, Mike Bubblebath? Since 2013. 2013. Like 10 years. Wow. That's a long time, Mike. But I was doing work for the show before then, too. That's true. And then, um, so Lisa, we've been doing this for 16 years. Yeah. Uh, But you know what? It's uh, once a week. We we prepare for it during the week. We come in here. Yeah, we come in here (laughs) on a Saturday. We knock out a five-hour show. And if you are not live, live, that's right. We're live right now. And if you don't get the full five-hour show, call your radio station. Say, look, you're carrying three hours. Can't you carry the other two hours? See the math I did there? How yeah, that was quick. Pretty quick. Do you I didn't even have to use that, a calculator or do you anything. Think that, do you think that these programmers will listen yes. to our audience? Yes, yes. Just call your radio station and say, hey, you know, I'm liking this show. You carry three hours. What's the like? You mean I'm loving well, it? Well, love. You know, like a McDonald's, I was to I'm be, loving it. You know. <laughs> Um, and then a lot of times they will add the other hours. So do contact your station, please. Um, but if that doesn't work and you'd like to get the podcast, we do have a way to you, uh, to get the whole five hour show to you every Monday. So we do the show on Saturday nights and then by Monday it's already into a podcast form. Thanks to bubble bath. And we send it, uh, right to your email. It is, uh, I figured it out, it's like a, less than $1.50 a week. We charge five ninety nine a month for that. Right. I mean, we have to charge something. It costs us uh, to do it. So um, cover the costs. and yeah, uh, for $1.50. I think it's we're worth that a week. Much. Because we charge you five ninety nine a month, but we send like four, four. to five of right. them out every month. Because you get it every Monday, the new show. Um, it's really easy to subscribe to that podcast. Just go to our official website, Hollywood360radio.com. That's Hollywood360radio.com. At the very top of the website is how you do it. You just uh, put your information in there, credit card, all that good stuff, and you will be sent the full Hollywood 360 show. And we add another um, 40-minute show, Radio Rarities, gets added to that. So the latest Radio Rarities, which is a podcast that Mike produces, we host, and Carl Shadow writes. So you get a lot for a uh, a whopping buck fifty a week. So uh, do that. Go to Hollywood360Radio.com, or you can call and talk to a live operator who will 
sign you up. 815-900-7535. 815-900-7535. If an operator doesn't answer, leave your name and telephone number and someone will call you back. All right, we're listening to Jeff Regan, investigator. This is called The Smell of Magnolias. April 19th, 1950, starring Frank Graham. Here's the conclusion. Middle afternoon is rehearsal time on the strip. It was that way at the Blue Club. The sign outside said Jimmy Litton and his orchestra, the voice of Sue Butterfield. Inside, the orchestra, without benefit of Litton, was warming up on what passed for a rumba. I wandered around backstage to the dressing rooms, found a door that said Miss Butterfield and knocked. Yes. She was everything Lil said, even including the magnolia blossom in her hair. Well, don't just stand there. Please come in. I'm Sue Butterfield, but then you probably already know that. My name's Regan. Yes, sir. And what did you wish to speak to me about? Your husband, Mrs. Butterfield. Please, call me Sue. Uh, Sue. That's better. Now, what about Wellington? He's worried, Mrs. But uh, uh, Sue, worried about you. About me? Well, that certainly sounds silly. Why on earth would he worry about me? He thinks you're in trouble. Mr. Regan, why are you concerned in this? I'm a friend of Welly's. I see. Well, then, I appreciate your interest, but really nothing could be sillier. Oh, now I see it. See what? He's worried about Jimmy. Jimmy Litton. Isn't that ridiculous? Is it? But of course. Jimmy and I are merely close friends. Just because we work together every night on the bandstand, there's no silence. Well, you see what I mean. Oh, sure. So you see, Mr. Regan, it's all nonsense. Wellington sometimes tries my patience. Why, he shouldn't hate Jimmy. He should pity him. Poor Jimmy is just a lonely, misunderstood man. I'm kind of a mother to him. Uh, mother? I like people, Mr. Regan. I don't like seeing them blue. Jimmy is blue so often. Yeah, uh, sure, Mrs. Bu- uh, uh, Sue. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. And you tell Wellington he should have asked me before spending the money. Spending the money? <laughs> yes. Spending the money to hire a private detective. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. I got out of there in a hurry. Out the back entrance, around to the parking lot, and then I saw him... Blue sport coat, gray flannels, getting out of his car, glancing both ways, closing the door. He looked scared, very scared, and his name was Jimmy Litton. Litton? Uh, I... Oh, I beg your pardon? You don't remember me? Uh, look, please, uh, I'm in a hurry. I'm late for rehearsal. I'm the I... guy who was with Wellington Butterfield when you looked in on us. You remember that, don't you? No, please, please, leave me alone, will you? I haven't done anything. Nobody said I... you have. I just want to ask you a few questions. Questions? No. No, no, not now. Some other time. I really can't stay with... Calm down, Litton. You're getting but, upset over nothing. Let go of my arm. Now, Litton, it'll go better. I said let go. That's the way you want to play it. Let me alone. Let me alone. James Litton, dust on his gray flannels, grease on his monogram white sport shirt, blood on his cheek, running back inside the blue club, trying to restore his ego and the crease in his trousers at the same time. More scared than I thought. I lit a cigarette, headed back to my car, sat there thinking, but not for long. It came from the blue club, from backstage near the dressing room. I got to the door marked Sue Butterfield, kicked it open! Two people in Sue Butterfield's dressing room. 
Jimmy Lytton and Wellington Butterfield. Lytton was the one on the floor. Dead. You don't have to look any further, Mr. Regan. I killed him. I took the gun out of the little man's hand and felt sick. Then I got up and locked the door. But why? Why did you kill him? Well, it, it's, it's like I told you, Mr. Regan. He, he came in here, he, he shouted at me, and I saw red. What did he shout at you? Well, it, it was something nasty, something I'd, I'd rather not repeat. For that, you killed him? I told you this morning, Mr. Regan, I told you how I hated him, but that, that I'd like to kill him. Let's try it once more. You came out here to see Sue, your wife. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Regan. You came to her dressing room and she was gone. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Regan. And Jimmy Litton burst into the room. He said something. You got mad, shot him. Yes, sir. Where did you get the gun? What? I, I told you it was in a dresser drawer. Your wife's gun? Yes, Mr. Regan. Litton just stood there while you went to your wife's dresser, took out a gun, and killed him. Mr. Regan, I told you he didn't know what You're I was... You're covering get... for somebody, aren't you, Wellie? No, sir. You're covering for somebody. It's too pat, too easy, no, too simple. No, 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 I'm not covering for anybody. Wellie, listen to me. What happened? What really happened? You didn't kill Litton, did you? You're covering for somebody. I killed him. I killed him, Mr. Regan. <laughs> let me alone, will you? Just let me alone. Okay, Wellie. We'll call the police. <laughs> Lieutenant Sanducci came and went and took Wellington Butterfield with him. I waited around for nothing, for a rumba band that quit practicing only long enough for the sound of the police siren to fade like a bad taste in your mouth and then start practicing again. I went to the bar out front and found Sue Butterfield coming in the front door. Still here, Mr. Reed? I thought you might leave with those police gentlemen. I like to ooze out. Then if you'll excuse me, I have to rehearse. You got a minute? Well, I really have. All right, it will only be a minute, Mr. Regan. You think your husband killed Lytton? Well, it's just like I told you, Mr. Regan. Wellington should never have hated Jimmy Lytton. He should have felt pity for him. You didn't answer my question. Well, Mr. Regan, you'd hardly expect a wife to think her husband guilty of murder. Where were you? I beg your pardon? When it happened, where were you? Backstage, changing my costume. For rehearsal? Well, after all, Mr. Regan, I had to see if it looked all right for the night. But you didn't use your dressing room. Somebody put my dress in the wrong room. I went there. Alone. Mr. Regan, in the tone of your conversation... Oh, never mind. Forget it. Well, listen to the way you talk. A person... I said forget it, Mrs. Butterfield. The orchestra's waiting. The slow-eyed brunette drifted down to the bandstand like milk leaves in a southern breeze. And then suddenly I couldn't stand the air around the blue club. I drove back to Hollywood. Mind if I come in, Lil? Regan, I'm sorry about this afternoon. It's okay, Lil. Regan, something's bothering you. Something you don't like, I know, I can tell. Your husband's dead, Lil. My husband? He was shot an hour ago. You're kid. No. No, you're not kidding. I found him in Sue Butterfield's dressing room. Butterfield had the gun in his hand. Wellie? Yeah, yeah, I know. I told you this morning about my husband and me. You don't have to Let explain. me finish. I told you Jimmy and I... The way it is... Was. I said I stopped caring what he did two years ago. I meant it, Regan. I'm not going to lie to you now. 
Thanks, Lil. He was smooth and slick and clever. He's dead. Let's forget it. I've got to know some things, Lil. It's important that I know. Welly Butterfield wouldn't kill a man, not even my husband. Welly worked over there, right across the way from me. I knew him, Regan. He wouldn't kill a man. I know that. But you just said... Wellington that... said, gun in hand, he told me he shot your husband. For 30 minutes, he stuck to it. Isn't there anything you can do, Regan? Anything you... Sure, will... mix a drink. She mixed a drink, two of them. Lillian Litton, the dead man's widow. And we drank the drinks and talked about everything and nothing and not murder or her dead husband or the little man on the way to the gas chamber, but it wouldn't stay that way. I borrowed Lillian Litton's phone and called the lion. Anthony J. Me, Fatso. Jeffrey, I was hoping you'd check in. Mr. Butterfield called. He what? He called from the police station. Jeffrey, our clients committed murder. That's why I called you. Lieutenant Sanducci told him he could make the call. Uh, Mr. Butterfield just wanted to thank you for everything. Is that all? He told me it wasn't your fault that you tried to help him. He said he was getting ready to sign a confession. He didn't tell you anything else, Fatso? No. He sounded so sad, Jeffrey. Uh, Why did he kill the man? Later, Fatso. But I thought it was his wife who was in danger. Lion, that's it. Jeffrey, what's it? Hang up, Fatso. You're wasting time. The lion was wasting time, all right. I told Lil I'd see her later and head my car towards City Hall. If I pushed the speed limit, I might get there before Sanducci could have the little man's statement typed up for signature. I got there. Well, hello, Regan. What's the hurry? Sanducci, did Butterfield sign yet? No, 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 no. Take it easy, Regan. My steno's typing it up. You was getting excited. Butterfield didn't kill that man. I know he didn't. Oh? That's an interesting twist. A man comes to me asking to be locked up, and you say he's not guilty. What's your evidence? I haven't any. Not yet, but give me time. Time to talk my number one inmate out of a confession? Are you crazy, Regan? Listen, Sanducci. Butterfield is taking the rap for somebody else. He's that kind of a guy. <laughs> well, it's a twist, all right. Nice story as I've heard. Give me ten minutes with him, Sanducci. Just ten minutes. Give me a chance to get the real story. Regan, you're stepping out of bounds. I know you want to protect the client, but messing with an open and short case, it's something else. Yes? I got that statement ready for the prisoner to sign, Lieutenant. Oh, good. Bring it in freely. You heard him, Regan? Sanducci, ten minutes. That's all I ask. Just ten minutes. Regan, thanks. Th- thanks a lot. Oh, God, they're watching the The turnkey took me to the cell of Wellington Butterfield, and I was on my own. Hello, Mr. Regan. Well, listen, they've got a statement in there all typed up. Sign it, and you've got a season's pass to the gas chamber. Yes, sir, I know that. Willie, it's your life. You were alone when you shot Lytton. I, I, I told you that, Mr. Regan. Your wife wasn't in that room with Leave you. Leave Sue out of it. You're forgetting something, aren't you, Willie? Sue was in the room, changing costume when Lytton burst in. She told me that, Willie. She did? She said she was behind the screen, putting on the dress she was going to wear for the show. How come you forgot that? Well, it, it must have uh, just, just left my mind. Sure it did. Your wife told me something else. Well, well I she don't She said it... nobody threatened her life. Well, Mr. Regan, I know better. I heard... Go on. Mr. Regan, I don't like what you're trying to make me say. Then I'll say it for you. You lied. Lied to me about Sue's life in danger. Sure, you overheard a conversation in her dressing room, but there's nothing wrong with your ears. You knew what they were saying. Uh, they? Sue and Jimmy Litton. Sue was asking Litton to kill you. You knew that. 
That's why you hired me to watch her. You loved her too much to turn her over to the police, so you hired me to protect yourself. But that doesn't mean I didn't kill Lytton. Sewell testified she saw me do it. How could she have seen you do it when she was behind the screen dressing? Well, well it, it... Your story's so crossed up, Wellie, even you can't make sense out of it. Well, I... Your wife wanted Jimmy Lytton to get rid of you. He backed out. That's why he was so frightened when I saw him. That's why he ran from me outside your office. For once, he'd gotten in over his head. Sue is not that mean, Mr. Regan. She, she just needs to understand. I heard that once before. But even Jimmy Litton couldn't take her any longer. He was leaving her cold. So she shot him. And you're taking the rap. The statement, Regan. It's ready. You said you'd give me ten minutes. Regan, you're just making it hard on everybody. Theories are very well, but there must be facts. Sanducci, let me read that statement first. Uh... Very well, Regan. You read it. Well, Regan? Mr. Regan, please, sir. Regan, you're just obstructing justice. You know I could have you run in... Sanducci, it says here the body was found with bruises about the face, a cut under the eye. That's right, Regan. Butterfield left that part out of it at first, but when we examined the body, he admitted there'd been a few blows between them. Oh, and... That's right, Mr. Regan. I, I'd, I'd forgot that part. Of... Sanducci, Butterfield didn't fight with Lytton. He's lying. Mr. Regan... Regan, get out of here. Wait a minute. You said he told you they exchanged blows. Did you find bruises or cuts on Butterfield? Well, no. Yet Lytton was beaten about the face. Lytton, a man almost twice the size of Butterfield, is found beaten, but Butterfield hasn't got a scratch on him. So what? That still does not prove... It proves Wellington Butterfield lied. If he lied once, he lied for all of it. I know, Sanducci, because I'm the guy who gave Lytton those cuts and bruises. Regan, for the last time... Lytton and I exchanged the blow, Sanducci, outside the blue cub. It was just after that that Lytton ran inside and was killed when you found the bruises Butterfield had to change his story to make it fit. Go on, Regan. He lied again about being alone in the room. He just told me his wife was there with him. That's right, Butterfield. Well, uh, well yes, sir. Sue was... Sue was with me. How many lies can you take, Sanducci? How many lies before you wake up? This man's covering all the way, trying to take the rap. For who, Regan? For his wife. Mr. Regan, you shouldn't have said that. Had enough, Sanducci? Give me a motive, Regan. Lytton was running around with Butterfield's wife. She fell for him, but then he ditched her. Lytton's wife told me he was leaving town, not with Sue Butterfield like I thought. Lytton was pulling out alone. I'm still listening. Sue Butterfield wanted Lytton to kill her husband. He turned her down and she couldn't take that. Woman scorned Sanducci. She had to kill him. He could have testified against her. Butterfield, you got anything to say about that? Well, she... Sue loved Lytton. She, she told me that. She didn't ever love me. I, I tried to be what she wanted. Honest, I did. I... I tried to write music it'd sell and make a lot of money so she wouldn't have to work. It just wasn't my kind of music. I always failed her. It was my fault, don't you see? If I'd only have been what she wanted me to be, this this, this, this wouldn't have happened. Lytton came into the dressing room. He was angry. He blamed Sue for bringing the detective, Mr. Regan, into it. And they said things to each other. Sue shot him. Then you took the gun and made her leave. You took all the guilt, all the blame for everything she was and stood for. 
Had enough Sanducci. But it was my fault. Don't you see? <laughs> I've had enough, Regan. I gave a statement. Lillian gave a statement. Sue Butterfield came to jail with a bevy of lawyers. Didn't figure the lawyers would do much good. And I was sick of the smell of magnolia blossoms. Resting, Fatso. Resting and relaxing. Are you still working for the Lion Detective Agency, or have you retired from active duty? Now, Lion, the case was only closed a couple of hours ago. Well, the least you could have done is report back to me. After all, I'm interested in the welfare of our clients. Sorry, Fatso. Well, we'll forget it for now. Hey, Jeffrey, I have here a Mr. Harrington. He says he wants us to handle his case, and I believe he needs our help. Just a minute, Fatso. Okay, Fatso, shoot. Uh, well, Jeffrey, our client has a most unusual case. It seems he was out driving the other day in his new Nash Rambler. Now, he had the top down, so he didn't notice there was a helicopter this flying you? over him. And so, no, naturally, he was sure. quite shocked, to say the least. Real when suddenly, sure, from out of the helicopter... Like I said, Lil, came this you mix package. good drinks. Now, our client... Uh, Jeffrey, are you taking all this down? Jeff Regan, Investigator, is written by William Frug and William Fifield, produced and directed by Sterling Tracy, and stars Paul DeBove as Regan with Frank Nelson as Anthony J. Lyon. Original music is by Dick Arant. Jeff Regan, Investigator, is heard each week at the same time over CBS. Bob Stevenson speaking, inviting you to be with us again next Wednesday at 9 for more suspense and mystery and adventure with Jeff Regan, Investigator. You know, I'm just noticing here, they said Paul DuBove as Regan. He must, Frank Graham must have been out of town or something like that. Interesting. We could have played this at a, on a Radio Rarities. Paul, du, Paul Dubov played um, Jeff Regan in that particular episode. I, the whole time I thought it was right. uh, Yeah, no, we had the whole Frank conversation Graham. about Frank Graham. Yeah, sure. the smell of magnolias. I am almost positive, okay, I'm almost positive that this just must have been a one-time thing because... Jack Webb played him, you know, for right. a while, and then Frank Graham. So right. <laughs> they never well. talk about Paul Duvab. Interesting. All right, that is uh, an April 19, 1950 broadcast of Jeff Regan Investigator Time for this month in music history. That's right. We're going back to 1990 with this song. Since you've been gone, I can do yeah, that is uh, Sinead O'Connor. It sure is. So 
she just recently passed yeah. away on July 26th of 2023. Yeah. She was 56. Yeah, very young. Very young. Prince wrote this song and yeah. recorded it actually as well. Wow. Uh, before she did. All right, thanks, Lisa. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this short message. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, Frank Sinatra makes a guest appearance on the Bing Crosby show from 1954. But first, we're going to chat with Kathy Lynch. She's the editor of Good Old Days magazine. So stick around. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what can be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.